0: lasso fans out there this is peanut butter and biscuits your ted lasso fan cast for npr illinois community voices and for the front row network i'm your host today craig join today biscuits with the boss he has to apologize for being gone for so long it's (laughs) mr jeremy geffner
1: how are you sir did everyone miss me did you miss me you all missed me admit it uh no this is great i'm back on the episode breakdowns after being off for two weeks i hate that i didn't get to put my two cents in about the dart scene but you guys did beautifully um yeah i'm just happy to be uh happy to be back talking lasso
0: guys all right do your review of make rebecca great again in five words or less you know that i could never do that (laughs) okay Uh, he's giving uh, me your (laughs) do your diamond dogs breakdown in 10 words or less
1: uh be curious not judgmental best advice ever (laughs)
0: Okay. I, I don't know how many words that was, but that was something like nine, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think well it was done. nine. <laughs>
0: well done. I love it. No, we are excited to have you back for all apologies. This is kind of the episode that's going to lead us into our season finale. Yeah, and it's like it the launch really, Yeah. Exactly. There's This is like the build-up episode where we're going to get right into that season finale. And I'm so excited to talk about that with you. But before we do, we do have some housekeeping that we wanted to go through as well. And I wanted to start off as we normally do with any new Apple reviews that we have, because Apple allows you to write something in there as well when you give a review. We got two this week, so I wanted to mention that uh, Awake and Unafraid, put in uh they they liked our episode last week with the editors i loved our episode last week with the editors you did a great job on the interview after i disappeared on you
1: dude aj well again to be fair that's what you know i did to you for the alan Mencken interview once upon a time so uh turnabout is fair play but yeah they no aj and melissa were fantastic that was such a fun episode um and yeah, the fact that uh, it's funny now because I as I do rewatch is just like ah, oh, edited by Melissa McCoy or AJ Cattle. I was like ah, I know them now. Um, so we know is, them. Is amazing. Um, <laughs> and we are going to work hard to get Melissa back on for our uh, Beard After Dark, uh, Beard After Hours, uh, uh retrospective here. <laughs>
0: (laughs) i think that would be great now she's gonna be very busy very soon so maybe uh, it's a little bit it'll be a little bit but they did say that they want to they're looking forward to more interviews so i guess we got to keep working on this i will tell everybody that people they are getting ready to go right into production so uh (laughs) we will try our darndest uh to bring you some interviews and we'll see how all that goes we also had one from chase who is in our Facebook group. And actually, he initially, when he put this in, I think it was in under like an anonymous name on iTunes or Apple. And then he went back and put in his actual name when we busted him because he made me weep with this very long (laughs) and uh, very involved review. I I will just summarize it to say, that he feels like we're building a community here with Peanut Butter and Biscuits, particularly in that Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And we're very, very fortunate to have listeners like Chase and listeners uh, from all over the world that have joined us in that Facebook group. So definitely check that out because it's the best way to just talk lasso. Honestly, the rest of the internet is a dumpster fire, right? So (laughs) it is nice to just talk lasso and to be optimistic in that Facebook group to see people from all over the world talk uh lasso with us and guess what we hit our over 150 actually we had a a flood of people into that group last week so i think we were at like 165 or 170 last time
1: i checked so that means jeremy what That means it is time for a John Garcia giveaway. Boo, 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 boo. boo. Um, That is right. Uh, John Garcia, the amazing artist who did um, our artwork uh, for the podcast and uh, the character drawings of us as, as Ted and Beard um we said that he said that once we get to 150 in that group he's going to do an art giveaway and true to his word he has given us some delicious prizes here um some grand prizes um a choice of either a ted lasso or a danny rojas pixel art print six by six um he's also throwing in three runner-up prizes a roy Kent decal which is just fantastic because it's got the roy Kent chant um on it i want the like if it wasn't If I could, folks, I would go for those decals like hardcore, Uh, nothing against the pixel art. But um, so the way that you do enter this, though, is you go in, you find uh, his post in the peanut butter and biscuits group um, and he is going to be doing it with a twist here um of making a donation uh with proceeds to any charity that you want to support he actually gave out two of his charities that he likes to support which is safe austin which is a domestic violence charity and then austin pets alive of course in animal rescue so um but he's decided to say that you know uh, simply go into that post get into the comments and post your proof of of donation, and you will be entered in there. It doesn't even matter what amount it is. We just want to get some donations flowing to some very, very worthy causes here. And he actually said that if we hit $150 in total donations in this contest, he will throw in a second grand prize, um, which I think would be the alternate print of whichever one the winner doesn't choose there. So please, please, please go to Peanut Butter and Biscuits uh, Facebook group, get in there, donate to some charities and get into this drawing because John's art is amazing, it really is, and it's really cool. So, I went and
0: I actually donated to Safe Austin because it was one of the charities that John had recommended. And it's just great that he's not only giving out his art, but he's encouraging others to donate and to pay it forward. I think that that's absolutely the lasso way. So, we are really grateful to John. Uh, he came up with that on his own, we didn't ask him to do this giveaway. Yeah. So just a good dude all around over there in Austin, Texas, John Garcia. Uh, So definitely come and check out the peanut butter and group biscuits group, and you'll see him in there. Now, I will say behind the podcast, we're recording this pretty late on a Thursday night and going to be releasing it to you on a Friday. And that's because we have had so much snow. Like two feet of
1: snow, guys. (laughs) Holy
0: moly. I will tell you, I was from northern Illinois uh, most of my life. I was born and raised there, moved down here around the uh, college to central Illinois. But I was used to snow up there. I don't know that. I think about 10 years away from that, I am not as used to feet of snow yeah oh my goodness like and i was like all jazzed about it on tuesday i was like yes i get to go shovel i'm one of those weird guys that likes shoveling oh no, i'm sure i'm right there with you yeah because you get to listen to a good podcast and then
1: you know yeah. you're just you're just doing your work yeah, right podcasts feel manly getting you know, for getting sure hopefully not have
0: a heart attack right but yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. it is uh it is so snowy here so that's why we're recording late we're going to turn this thing around and record real early next week because we are going to do a live version of our finale. So again, we'll be out on social media. You can watch us live as the show goes on. Usually we do those at 9 PM central and we're going to invite our guest, Larry Smith, the really the unofficial third co-host of this show (laughs) and his wife, Nicole, are going to join us for the finale and we'll talk all things Uh, It's the hope that kills you. So it just excited for next week to be our last episode of the rewatch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that episode continues to just have such an indelible place. Um, I think that it is uh, one of the defining moments of the series and so excited to get Larry and Nicole in there um, to talk about it. Of course, we got a little bit of Larry on uh, the birthday episode for me, but uh, it's going to be good to get him for the whole episode. And uh, look, rest assured, people, we know that we're out of episodes after that one (laughs) to review, but we got some ideas. We got some ideas in the pipeline line about stuff to to buy the time that long long wait until season three and we I, will get you there
0: I think I've booked three episodes Jeremy and at some point I'll tell you what those are there so that go, way Steve. yeah absolutely I'm I working like I'm working it yeah <laughs> absolutely maybe you could just show up to those episodes and then yeah just totally surprise, blind. Right? I'm good with that honestly <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but let's get into all apologies episode nine of season one i'm taking this recap because i've been doing the odd numbers this uh year i you know what i'm i'm mel i'm yeah Melissa we got McCoy. the mel aj thing going here <laughs> that's right so you'll have the uh season finale next week ah! Boy, I All Apologies opens up with the Richmond Arsenal Grit Game. It's been a tough day for Roy. In fact, oh, Roy is going to be seen in a trash can listening to himself on the English version of Sports Center, and he's going to be listening about how badly he played on the pitch that day. And then Ted walks in and it's going to be a Roy on the rocks in this garbage can, getting himself nice and cold and icing everything down. There's a heck of a lot of Tedisms in this scene. So we're going to skip over some of those just in case we want to revisit those later. Um, But basically, Roy is telling Ted, just tell me I did a bad job and then move on. Well, Ted's not going to do that for him. Again, he says it in a great way and maybe we'll revisit that in a bit. Uh, But then Roy does ask, is there anybody else out there no they've all gone home except for danny rojas who is out on the pitch working again because danny rojas is a machine that will not quit football his life man <laughs> ted leaves roy alone in the in the room to uh, recuperate and then that's when danny walks in and starts jogging on the treadmill and then we get our opening credits This establishes, right, that Roy Kent isn't at the same speed that he always has been. We've talked about this a bit throughout season one, but this is where it's all going to come to a head. Right,
1: Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. Because we've been like the very first episode, I think we even talk about Roy Kent and the very first description of him that beard gives us is you know he's a classic uh two way player um he's a legend um but he's definitely lost a step um is the way that he puts that and you know he's called old and granddad by uh, Jamie Tart um and we learned that you know uh in episode 4 that Jamie had posters of Roy on his wall you know he was the guy the player he looked up to when he was growing up learning how to play soccer and it's interesting to me that You know, now at this point in the season, Roy is because, I mean, you look at where he's he's at. He's in a trash can full of ice water. And I'm sorry, but like I, you know, I played sports once upon a time. And, you know, you got whirlpools, you got icing, things like that. I don't know if even I in my day could be in completely submerged in ice water like that for a long period of time. So that just tells you that his body is really aching and that there's a lot of stuff that he's got to get work in there. And so he's showing his age. And like everything now, this episode is going to turn into Roy having to grapple with who he is, um, aside from soccer, aside from football. And not for nothing, but that is something that continues on into season two. At the end of season two, because now at the at the end of that season, Roy is grappling with who he is, maybe aside from Keeley. Um, So this really does kind of set off Roy's self discovery journey that we get for not only just this episode and the next but the entire next season as well.
0: Absolutely. And you know, maybe it's because uh, Roy Kent needs to go sign a deal with Warner Brothers, like our boy oh, Brett, just Goldstein saying, did. Brett,
1: baby, look at you. Oh, that's so fantastic. Did
0: you see his statement about that, too? I didn't. Oh, man, I need to find it for you. If I can. Uh, I will paraphrase it now. But it was talking about Sunset Boulevard. And <sighs> it was talking about the uh, male lead in that movie. What is it? William Holden. And who does he play? Uh, oh, God,
1: I, I, that was my name. Uh, Joe Gillis in Sunset Boulevard.
0: <laughs> yeah, he said something about like, it's it's akin to uh, Gillis pulling up to the Warner Brothers lot in Sunset Boulevard. And then he said, hoping that the comparison ends there because I don't want to be shot to death by the back a, by a, a faded retired movie star. Movie star. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> something to that effect. But you gotta love Brett Goldstein. For those of you who don't know, I played that role on stage, so I guess I should have an intimate knowledge of that. But uh... here it
0: is. Here it is. I found the whole statement. We gotta read it yes. now. Much like the co- the character Joe Gillis in Sunset Boulevard, I've always dreamed of having my own parking space at Warner's. And it's extraordinary to see the dream come true. I do, however, hope the comparison ends there and I don't wind up dead in a pool having been shot by an insane older movie star. As As long as that doesn't happen. I'm very excited and extremely honored to be embarking on a new and exciting
1: adventure with the excellent brothers at Warner's. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Also, I just got to say, like, I think that that is an actual reference to the musical Sunset Boulevard as well, uh, because there is a line in there about his parking space at Warner's. So, um, you know, we know Brett loves to reenact the Muppet Christmas Carol songs. I'm guessing he's a musical theater fan as well. I bet so. You know what? I know we need to go on to the rest of this episode
0: because we just started it, but I will say this really freaked me out about Ted Lasso beyond season three yeah. when I saw that Brett Goldstein signed this deal. That's something we can talk about on a later episode. We'll see yeah. where we go from there. We'll have a I'm collective sure depression session We, will, we will learn. We will learn much more about that in the future. But now that we're through the opening credits of All Apologies, Rebecca is go- doing a photo shoot in the locker room And then Ted tells Rebecca she would be a great role model for little girls. He's trying to pump her up. And she's like, do little girls listen to uh, or read Footballers Quarterly or whatever the magazine is? Ted says that uh, Higgins would also be proud of the profile. And then they kind of go back and forth, Rebecca saying that Higgins Uh, left on his own accord and and all of that Keely then comes in and asks rebecca if she's really upset about the loss and then she goes really are you upset about the loss Mm -hmm. and so then keely and rebecca are going to talk uh, outside of where ted is and they're actually going to go into a room with lots and lots of smelly shoes That's where Keeley is going to say that Rebecca really needs to tell Ted and to come uh, clean about the scheme that she has, this major league subplot we've been dealing with all season long. And then uh, Rebecca kind of pushes back on that a little bit and says it's not going to change anything. And then there is a great Tedism from there. Are you going
1: to use it for Tedisms?
0: I'm going to use it for Tedisms. That's for sure. So we'll revisit that. Nate then comes in, kind of our comedic relief in this moment, <laughs> tries to make a joke, just sounds
1: terrible I mean, <laughs> to him. Nate in this scene is so great. It's so, He's just, like, so understated. And the line is actually genuinely funny, but it's just, like, the way that he, like, so uncomfortably says it is just absolutely fantastic.
0: Absolutely now you didn't get to comment on the diamond dogs and the revelations that we had there and keely kind of finding the memory card on the on the. um, camera of the paparazzo so tell me what are your thoughts about this scene and keely and rebecca's relationship.
1: Well, again, it's always like every time I rewatch these, um, I'm I'm still always just amazed at the smarts, the respect that the writers treat the audience with. Right. Because, again, like a typical sitcom, like and I know that there's only 10 episodes as opposed to like a typical 22 or 24. But like they would draw this stuff out so much. And the fact that like they pull the trigger on this stuff so quickly. It's like we get the conversation at the end of diamond dogs, which is where Keely gives the ultimatum. We get this conversation and then like one last one before Rebecca actually goes and tells him. And it's just like, there's no time for dilly dallying or messing around or everything, because that's not how life works. You know, like it's not what, you know, I think the drawing it out would just be so stupid and weird. And so I do love though, that when it comes to Keely without giving the quote away, for her, it is personal because she has grown to care for Rebecca so much that when she finds out this about her, it's just like, man, that's even a step too far from when I first met you, even after I learned the real you and make Rebecca great again. Now it's just like what you do next is going to be pretty wholly dependent on how I, you know, how we're going to move forward. And I think that that's a great way to, to put that back on Rebecca. Keely makes reference to the fact that
0: she's been in so many superficial relationships in the past. And this is truly a relationship where she's investing her time and energy into this growing relationship with Rebecca and later with Roy as well. We're going to see that in the season two arc and and how that relationship grows. But, you know, I, I think I can understand this because could you imagine being someone that is famous for not really being famous or famous for being famous or whatever the case may be? And the people that would surround you about that—I mean, if you've ever seen, yeah. honestly, uh, probably maybe an exaggerated scale, maybe not. I don't know, but if you've ever seen the HBO series Entourage, you can mm-hmm. kind of see the people around that one actor and how you have to try to hold some of your friends closer. And I think that this is Keeley saying, you know, I really. I've invested in this relationship, and I want this relationship to work. And damn it, I want you to make sure that you are not uh, going to just be another person that's lying, stealing, and cheating on others. I want this to be genuine, and so I really do enjoy that. And we'll see where that goes. The rest of the episode, we then go back to the press conference before the last game. Trent <laughs> Krim of the Independent asks Daily Planet, Ted, right? the Daily Planet. That's right. Trent Krim asks uh, Ted point blank, "What about Roy?" Talk about his performance? And then Ted says that Roy Kent is the backbone of this team. But as he leaves the press conference, Coach Beard is going to grab him and say, you know, Beard and Nate have been talking and they think that Roy needs to sit out this upcoming match against Man City. Ted tells them no, that Roy is in fact the captain. And that's kind of where we end that scene for right now. Now we're going to talk a bit about that here in just a moment. So I'm going to continue to jump forward to the next a uh, bit and that is when we go into Rebecca's office and Rebecca's going to try to tell Ted it's really funny but watching she her does try to tell Ted, Ted.
1: while trying to tell Ted. I mean, that's basically what's happening here.
0: <laughs> She's turning into Ted, right? She's procrastinating. Uh, and then she asked Ted if he could come back later. And Jason does this amazing rewind where he does uh, yeah. every little motion that he, I mean, I wonder how many takes like, that was, that would have been a great question for, for AJ yeah. uh, or actually for Mel, for Melissa for this episode. Yeah. And you know, like how many takes was it that he got that, just so perfectly that he did that rewind because it was a wonderful physical comedy for sure after ted leaves it's actually rupert
1: oh
0: (laughs) his rupert that shows up and uh he says it's a shame that higgins is gone Uh, but then also rupert says i want you to learn it from me and not from the press that (sighs) bex and him are having a baby Rebecca is clearly shaken by this because she has said um, he told her in the past that he didn't want children. Well, then he delivers the Awful line that is not a Tedism. No Uh, one can ever choose none of Herbert's lines are Tedisms. No, ever. And I'm paraphrasing here because the man doesn't deserve more than a paraphrase. But he essentially says that he never wanted to have. He didn't think he wanted to have children, and um, maybe it was just that he didn't want to have children with Rebecca. Is essentially what he's going to be telling her. And you can see Hannah's eyes. Oh my gosh, the tears in the eyes that just well up while he's talking to her, and she's trying to stand there so strong, so resolute because Rupert is just a big old jerk, right, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, let's just uh, put this this dissolution to bed. Rupert might be the worst human being I've ever seen on film. Um, This is, uh, we've talked about his his way of passive-aggressively, you know, causing harm to people uh, in the past episodes, but it is just so blatantly and fully on display here that... I mean, the words he chooses when he says, you know, like, oh, I didn't want to, I guess I didn't want to have one with before. And it's just like, that is, I, I can't imagine a bigger way he could hurt Rebecca in that moment more than saying what he said there. And just like when she starts to get upset and he's like, oh, I hope we could be, you know, mature about this. It's just like, dude, like, uh, it's one of those things that if you were in that room you would literally punch him in the face um and you're right like the the way that i mean like i think that hannah probably won her emmy just for this scene alone and for the next one um i was gonna say it's probably for the next one but these like the raw emotion on her face um the way the tears are welling up in her eyes but she won't let them come out yet and it's like you know, you, and I do love the that she just digs at him. He's just like, what are you, a character from the Bible? Like, like <laughs> that was just an absolutely great dig at him. But it, it's rare that you get to see a such a blatant example of passive-aggressive um, abuse is basically what this is. And, um, I mean, even... You know, Rupert just can't leave it alone and can't just let Rebecca go, Um, you know, he has to keep trying to twist the knife in and it's just such heartbreak and it's like oh man you just want to punch him so bad in this scene. You really do. And he's not even on the screen for that long. And you just want to you just want to see what your fist looks like
0: in his face. So anyway, you know, we talk about the idea that Ted Lasso has become he went from a 30 minute comedy to a 45 minute drama. And we kind of joke about that in season two, but <laughs> it certainly had those aspects. You, This was like an episode that was really like a 30 minute drama because then you yeah. do get this wonderful long shot of hannah walking down to um ted's office and this absolutely is like right here you can see it on the stage you know winner of the emmy for best supporting (laughs) actress in a comedy ted lasso hannah waddingham because um it's so this next scene is just her truly Mm. just giving it in Mm. such a way um that it's just incredible so rebecca does come to ted's office and tells her ted that he, she lied to him, and she kind of goes through the whole list, hired him because she wanted the team to lose, uh, tells him about the photo shoot with Keeley, tells him about setting up the Trent Krim interview and wanting that to go poorly, <laughs> uh, instigated the trade with Jamie Tart, even though she was just told by Ted not to do that. She wanted to destroy the club because it was the thing that Rupert loved, and he she wanted to destroy that for him. And she didn't care who she used or hurt. And she then apologizes to Ted and says, "If you want to go to the press, I I understand." And then Ted uh, comes back with probably one of you know we we probably missed it in our LassoCon presentations. Probably Maybe. one of the best Tedisms um, that he's going to give us, and uh, that's forgiveness, right? And uh, then he says, "Divorce is hard, and mm. we're going to be okay." And then they they he goes in for the handshake, the professional handshake. And then Rebecca comes back with the hug. And it's just a hell of a scene. Oh, Beautiful. my gosh. Beautiful. Um, and of and course, we're going to get we're going to get a similar scene in season two. And, you know, true. she says in the season two scene, maybe I'll see you next year. And yeah, so we'll have to see year. what it is about season three. You know, <laughs> well, you know that that scene's coming.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you this much. Um <sighs> again, it's not the way that most typical sitcoms would probably deal with a situation like this, but the grace that Ted shows is, it's surprising and it's also logical, um, given who he is and the reasoning that he gives um, for that. And look, I, I know there's other podcasts out there and I know there's other people out there who really want Ted and Rebecca to be a couple. And I'm not one of those people. I'm, I'm not. And it's not anything other than I just think that like this scene so perfectly encapsulates the friendship that's going to come from this. And even the friendship that already is there that um Rebecca's just always been very hesitant to let in with Ted, um, because, you know, I think that even though I think it is Ted that changes her in this way and, you know, like when they hug, I don't get a romantic connection there. I get that like Hannah finally, or no, Rebecca finally feels like she can embrace this friendship that she has with him. This person that she recognizes is bringing out the good in her and making her want to be better. Um, And so I am firmly in the, the friendship camp, but everything about this scene from the way it's shot, from the way it's there, like the second after he says the pivotal line, I love that she's just, so utterly shocked that she says why <laughs> you know, because it's just like, that is so not like even in the realm of possibility for her and you know like it's just there and you know like it feels so earned the way this scene unfolds and two beautiful moments from two beautiful actors I have to tell you spoiler alert to those three
0: episodes I referenced earlier. I have been talking with Tori of their soulmates, which is their whole podcast. It's about Ted and Becca. So (laughs) I might might have uh, told her that, and I think that she's a listener here too. So I told her that um, we might have to talk that's hashtag
1: some, ted becca at Jackson some point Sharks moments here man <laughs> absolutely so
0: if you want to get that perspective on this episode I, I i believe that they've covered this episode i may be speaking out of turn but go and check out their soulmates uh it's a great yeah. ted lasso podcast as well so then we get to go back to the pitch and then this is i just brought it up because we just talked about it with aj the whole what does a british owl say yes and we don't get pay back off to pay for that like for a long episodes. time i know i thought the same thing (laughs) it's so funny because i'm watching this with uh with anna again and because we're like on our lunch hour remotely working in snow hell uh that is the midwest and i i'm watching the episode and i'm like oh we just talked about this and i was like do you know what the punchline to that is and she was like what and i'm like (laughs) whom whom and she was like that's not funny (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, but you had to wait all, an entire year to learn. <laughs> oh, I had to wait so long. Uh, no, and
0: then he's going to get the cold shoulder and the silent treatment from Coach Beard and from Nate as well, as they're going to both kind of walk away. Nate's going to kind of run away from yeah, Ted. Run and away. this is because... They don't want uh, Roy to start, and so they do see that Roy is struggling during the drills that they're running as well. He's just cursing up a storm, and it's like the funniest scene to just watch him like walk, running back and forth, just going fuck, fuck, <laughs> fuck, and then just falling yep. down. It's just everything about that scene is so wonderful. Um, then I'm going to combine this with the next scene. Rebecca is going to Higgins' house, and he's she's going to ask for him to come back. And uh, when she finds him, he's playing upright bass. He's got the goatee. He's got everything going on. Uh, She then gets a chance to tell Leslie that uh, she has talked to Ted and kind of come clean to him. And then uh, Rebecca also apologizes to Higgins for treating him so poorly and basically making him a pawn in her scheme as well. So talk to me about uh, both of those scenes, Jeremy, on the pitch where we've got Beard and Nate kind of trying to force Ted's hand and then also Rebecca showing up at Higgins house as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, you know, the Roy evolution here has to Ted has to see it for himself, you know, like, and I think, you know, I don't even I don't know who suggests this drill, whether it's Beard or Nate, or if Ted came up with it on his own, maybe Ted subconsciously is telling himself, OK, I've got to see if Roy really is, you know, slower than everyone else right now um, or if Beard like suggested to him to like show him. But Ted needs to see that Roy is it's not just a mental thing. It's not just anything like that he literally physically is struggling and can't do what they need him to do, um, which is why, you know, when Beard comes back over to him, he says, OK, <laughs> to him, like, you know, I get it. Um, and so it's going to be a pivotal moment for Ted to uh, have to confront him. But I absolutely love the scene with Rebecca and Leslie. Um, the way that Jeremy Swift is playing that upright bass, he's like so into it and it's just so charming. And, like the way that uh, Rebecca smiles through the window when she sees it, it's just like one of those like somebody is completely in their element and they just don't care what the rest of the world thinks. Um definitely going to use the Tedisms for his line about the beard. <laughs> Man, the- I the- thought the- you
0: might, that. so that I didn't want to bring it up.
1: Yeah, but it is though again like this is important for Higgins because he needs to see, you know, it's not just about Rebecca making amends to him. It's also now he gets to see like, she understands that it's not just, she got caught. She knows she was doing something pretty wrong. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's important for, for him to come back and know that he's going to be a part of something uh, better than what it was. So um, I really like this. And it starts a really wonderful friendship between these two that, that continues to go into season two.
0: And switches the name in the cell phone. And now I didn't, I didn't, I'm not the first that noticed this, but in uh, season one, uh, we start off with Higgins, but also what was it earlier in the season? It was something She
1: she tells Siri to call shithead. If I remember, that's what it was. Um, And then,
0: and then in season two, he's in her phone as Leslie. So
1: yeah,
0: let's talk about Roy Kent though, because now we're going to get some Roy Kent. Uh, We're going to get Ted and Roy sitting in the stands. Really close to each other, but that's where Ted's ticket said. So it's fine. Yep. Ted starts to procrastinate about what he wants to tell Roy, uh-huh. much like Rebecca uh-huh. uh, did earlier in the episode. And then Ted uh, mentions to Roy that when his mom says saying something nice, uh, when he had, she had tough news to deliver to him. And then this is when Roy's going to get it and basically just blows up at Ted before yep. Ted can even have a chance to say that he's going to be out of the starting lineup. And then Roy, uh, kind of stammers off from there. We then get to see Keely and Roy talking. And then Roy explains to Keely, you know, I have been the best player on every team that I've ever been on. And so it's more than a game to him. It's who he is. It's his identity. But then of course, that mm. wonderful scene where Keely yeah. calls over Phoebe and ask uh, Phoebe to describe Roy and none of the words that she uses out of the mouths of babes, none of the words that she uses involve anything to do with soccer. And that proves Keeley's point uh, perfectly. Right, Jeremy?
1: Yeah. I mean, Roy doesn't seem to quite get it yet. As he says, she's six. Who cares what she says? Um, <laughs> he gets it. He gets it deep down. You yeah. can tell that 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 had an impact on him. And I do love that Phoebe just rolls her eyes at that. Um, she knows how to work. Right. Um, but it is, yeah roy's development here is very telling and especially with how he um you know the conversation he has with ted later and then of course how he ends this episode um it is very paramount for him to see that though because roy always uh, after this point is searching for something that you know searching for who he is essentially and the fact that he can have this person this young young girl in his life that you know, she loves him for who he is, because I, I think there's there's definitely no accident that she ends with, and I love him, um, you know, and it's just like, there's all these things that he might think are like fun quirks about him, or that, you know, are specific to him and Phoebe's relationship, but it's the fact that there's that love there, and that, you know, Keely even reinforces that, it's just like, you know, we don't care whether or not you're the best footballer on the team. We care that you're you and, you know, we love you for who you are. And that is so important because that means Roy is going to be able to be secure enough to take on that secondary position on the team right now. And also those coaching positions later um, when he's struggling with how to not be a footballer at all anymore. Um, So it's a it's a wonderful scene. Phoebe acts it so perfectly and uh, it's just so very, very, very touching.
0: Absolutely. And then we're going to go to the crown and anchor where Ted's going I to walk in. Seat so and Beard, much. I love Beard it. Has all the pints. So I feel like maybe the next time that you and I get together in real life here, yeah. Jeremy, whoever gets there first, we just have to have four pints, four, yes. four pints uh
1: just ready. For, for the other That'll probably be in. when uh aaron rodgers goes to his new team and we'll just have to drink for a while um uh, you know
0: so. uh the denver broncos uh i think you're getting our quarterback i and our receiver I, probably <laughs> i have to say I'm, I'm not you know the thing about it is <laughs> i oh, sidebar I, here <laughs> i'm okay with i think him leaving i'm uh terrified that it's going to leave us in the wilderness for a few years but
1: it is you know Back we've, had, plan, we've had 30.
0: Decent years as fans here are basically our whole lives. Uh, So we'll have to see Jordan love all the way. We'll see how it goes. All right. So yes, we're going to need pints that day. For sure. It's coming up very soon because Aaron said that he would let them know before free agency, which will be March 16th. So, you know that we're going to have this scene going on. Uh, Tell you what, guys, we'll record the, it for you future. and that'll be a
1: fun little Ted or uh, uh, Craig and Jeremy get drunk episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about American football for a there little bit. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so then uh, Ted is going to say that, hey, Coach Beard, you're like my chief. And he says, you know, I'm a more of a Tabor guy. Tabor guy. And that, yeah of course, is our second Christopher Lloyd reference of the season for Coach Beard. I think he's uh-huh. kind of into Christopher Lloyd. If yeah, I uh, maybe, maybe the page master. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, Ted tells Beard that he uh, that Ted tells Beard he's starting Roy against Man City. Uh, Beard says that uh, winning is how you measure success. I really love this because it pushes back against I think it's only Beard that could push back against the philosophy that Ted is pursuing, right? Because he says, Hey, listen, I back in Kansas, I was with you on this, but these are professionals. And what are we going to, it doesn't matter if we build something here, if we're going to end up getting relegated, right? So winning does matter and that's okay. That winning matters. And so I, I think that that's a really cool dynamic to bring into this show because up to this point, we really have gotten just Ted's perspective on that. We haven't really had anybody push back and of course it's got to be beard right so yeah he even tells ted he's being selfish by not focusing on the win and then beard leaves him at the crown and anchor picks up jane on the way out by the way in a very (laughs) sly move of uh, giving a checkmate to the person that she's playing uh, chess with and then uh trump ted stumbles out of the crown and anchor drunk And someone's going to save him, but I'm going to pause the convo right here to be able to get your reactions there, uh, Jeremy.
1: Yeah. Again, very important for the coaching philosophy is like, so the whole time here, we've seen that Beard and Nate have been the smarts of the game, but Ted is ultimately making the decisions because Ted really is coach first, you know, like he understands that um, talent is usually secondary when it comes to Um, professional sports. Everybody who's there is talented. That's why they're on a professional sports team. But the truly elite ones are the ones who get that encouragement and get that that structure in place to really get the most out of them. And that's what Ted is best at, is getting the best out of people. Now, where Beard, though, it's so important that he pushes back here, as you're right, is like that is easier to do when you're in college because you have an academic or a higher mission that you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. when you know the person really does have to come first. In professional sports, it's so much harder because it does matter to win. And you're right. The key phrase that Beard gives him there is, and that's okay, uh, you know, because that that's such a paramount thing for him to say here is that. And I think it's because he knows like Ted wants to win too, but that Ted's philosophy is so ingrained in him that he always goes for the person first and for the development first.
0: But even at Wichita state, which is what we know of their past relationship, right? They took them to the championship and that first. so, So Ted's philosophy of this like positive affirmation and like building up the team happened to lead to a
1: lot of wins as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it did win. And so I think that's why he thinks that, you know, like it's going to just be the same thing. And in a way it is, in a way it is, it does work a little bit. Um, But as you said, though, like this is the moment now. These are the pivotal moments when you have to make hard decisions as a professional sports coach, and you can't always just default to the person's feelings, because, like, what about the other feelings of everybody else on that team? What about the feelings of all the fans that are going to be devastated? And, you know, aside from just, and that's okay, the other key phrase is, like, losing has consequences you know like the, the there are real consequences of this if you lost at wichita state you could come back next year you've got a whole new crop of of young people to develop here like there is so much more at stake and so i love that beard does push back on him on that and then it ultimately does lead to ted making the right decision when he is saved drunkenly by mr roy kent <laughs> Mr. Roy Kent
0: is going to save him. Ted's going to take him back to his apartment and offer him some peanut butter, by
1: the way. Say hey, good callback. Good call. Roy back. apologizes
0: yep, yep. to Ted and lets him know, you know, I understand what you're needing to do here. Um and then it gives us great. He's like, Phoebe's gonna watch the game even without me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <I love that. laughs> of course she is. Like and we like, have a lot of Tedisms
0: in this. Uh so then Ted goes into this whole fresh Prince, uh routine and then it, roy is like i never know how to act when a grown man's doing the carlton in front of me by the way did you see that trailer for the new like dramatic
1: yeah, dude drama <laughs> i'll tell, tell you what um,
0: anna and i started watching on disney plus welcome to earth with will smith and mm. it is quite good
1: you know it's they're they're like national geographic type stuff has been very good on oh, disney+. it's been, like yeah well, and according uh, to jeff goldblum uh hemsworth's one uh i think limitless or whatever it's called like very good stuff guy who did uh i think he did
0: lala no it's not that guy uh, darren aronofsky Darren Aronofsky. The- yes he's the one that uh directed or an executive produced this will smith thing so yeah. we anyway we're just sprinkling tangent. all these advice things in <laughs> that's right yeah go and watch that on your way to season three so then uh roy jokes about i love his jokes about like Oh, I guess next year I'll go play in America and I'll yeah, dominate there by domin- the way, which
1: by the way, that happens all the time. You see like <laughs> these older premier league players that like come over to the MLS and they are, they just kill over here. It's just like, Oh man, we haven't caught that's, up at all. That's basically
0: how I know David Beckham, right? <laughs> like, no, I mean like it didn't happened he come with, to it, the LA galaxy. Was
1: that the name he of the did, team? And he was great. And it also happened with uh, Thierry Henry <laughs> who makes an appearance in a beard after hours um, um, yeah, like he he kind of was done with his uh, French league and came over to I think New York and just dominated the league. So I mean, like it, that does happen.
0: <laughs> and then uh, Ted and his T and they have a great back and I forth know. about tea. I didn't write the whole well. thing
1: down, but it's it's <laughs> the way that he just does the whole like, come on, it's a prank thing, right? And he's just like resting his head on his on his hand and stuff. It's just like it's so fantastic. So let's go
0: ahead and finish out this episode. So then, the next scene that we get, Ted brings in two biscuits because he knew, he predicted that Higgins would be back. Or was it that it was Trent Krem's three year old's birthday? We I, think know, really. I think it's that. I
1: think it's that. You so, feel so bad for her. Then
0: we get to see Ted talking to the team and it's awkward because Nate walks up to him and tries to apologize to him while he's talking to the team, which uh, is really great. And then uh, no, no Roy around at the beginning, but then Roy does show up and uh, wants to talk to the team, ask if he can talk to the team. And he just says, Hey, the second team's going to kick your ass. And he puts on his, uh, you know, he puts on the, whatever that is, the blue, yeah, the blue, second the blue Jersey. Yeah. The second team Jersey. And then the team starts to get ready to go out to the pitch to prepare for man city. And then it starts like everybody starts to exit the scene. And did you, so the, the every time I've watched this, I feel like I have just gone on. Like I, I like, I understand that there's still action happening right in this scene. Yeah. And I think that I just didn't, like, I don't know. I just went to the season finale. This is the first time where I was like, oh, I'm going to hang with this and see never what's going on. I never watched this oh before. Oh, my God, man. The end. So, if you don't have never seen this before, it's like heartbreakingly wonderful. That the last thing that happens in this scene is that Brett Goldstein, Roy Kent, touches the belief sign before we leave. And I have this in okay in my notes, it says Roy touches belief sign with 12 exclamation points because I had I can't no clue
1: that, that that happened. No, this, but I mean, like, that's I always took that as this is the start of Roy saying like that he completely trusts Ted now. Um, you know, like that—that he's completely bought into the philosophy, and he's going to do whatever he needs to to, to help this team. Um, no, that I—I remember watching that the very first time I watched the season, and I like just kept going and kept watching because it was so unusual. Because they always cut to black when they're about to do the credits, um, and I thought like once the credits are rolling, I was like, man, why are they doing this? This is weird. And so yeah, like everybody has their moment, and yeah, like just this really subtle little tap, and it—it it is just like this moment is like. In Ted We Trust, so to speak and crushed me um, crushed me I'm just like
0: oh my gosh I can't believe that this happened but anything else about the last couple of scenes because I kind of combined them all together there anything that you wanted to talk about leading us into the finale here.
1: No, I mean, like just Roy touching the sign, but also just the the acceptance he shows and the leadership that he shows. Leadership doesn't just have to be being the best person or being on the field. Leadership is being the example. And that is what Roy is being. He's being, he is showing the prime example of team first in this moment. Um, and that is going to be so paramount to what's about to come. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So I think that that's a wrap on this episode. All apologies. Are you ready? Are we? I'm ready. Well, you I know, ready. We know that Larry Smith's going to come uh, Monday night to do this live, but maybe we should just bring him in right now.
1: Tedisms, where each week we share Biscuits Truth.
0: That's right. It's Tedisms, Jeremy. Woo. You get to start us off because you haven't been here in like fifty-four weeks or something. So, please go ahead and start us off with Tedisms.
1: Well, I mean, I'll start at the beginning. Um, you beating yourself up is like Woody Allen playing a clarinet. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm it's same- sure a reference to something bigger. I'm sure that happened in one of his movies, but like, it's just so random. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just kind of like, you know, out of that scene, there's a lot that you can grab, but I just like the easy now you had a bad day, big whoop, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know, it's just like, so it's just so charming the way that it's delivered and like, Roy is trying to beat himself up and he actually says, can you just tell me I fucked up and then go, (laughs) (laughs) can you get out of here? And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So it's just uh, definitely Ted Lasso through and through, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely also love when uh, Beard and Nate are uh, silent treating him (laughs) the line there. He says, so you're going to give me the cold shoulder and the silent treatment. Well, that's a combo. Does it come with a medium drink? (laughs) I don't know why, but that's like the wittiness of that. I wish that I could do that in real life. (laughs) I'm going to take the next one because it's
0: Keely's line and it's the line that we talked about while doing the recap. But she says to Rebecca, very point blank, Juno Temple bringing it uh, here. She says... It will change how I feel about you. So mm-hmm. Rebecca is saying, you know, why do I have to do this? I, It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if I tell Ted that this oh. grand scheme was going on. And she says, no, it, it will matter to me, right? So oh. I love that for the character.
1: Yeah, uh, this is a bit of a long one, but it's like when Beard and Nate uh, sit him down to talk and he says to them, I feel like you're about to do some improv comedy or tell me you're dating each other, both of which are cool with me because your suggestion is allied." <laughs> I just love how he mixes both of those metaphors so so perfectly there and he puts up the fist too. It's just so fantastic.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm probably jumping around a little bit, but I mean, I forgive you.
1: Right. Like I uh, yeah, like, I wrote that one down. It's just like it's ugh. the way he says it is just oh it just penetrates your soul. It just you know, there's two Emmy
0: winning actors in that scene, right? Yes. <laughs> you yes, know, right there, there. you can see you can see why they are, and um, it's it's really just core to who Ted Lasso is. And it's interesting because we find out later in all of his therapy with Dr. Sharon that there are people out there that he will not forgive. Right, he's mm-hmm. clearly dealing with everything that's going on with his father still, and um, but for this, he's saying divorce is hard, and this is going to be repaid in spades, right? In Carol of the Bells, because yep. Rebecca will feel that kinship to him uh, and make sure that he doesn't have to spend that first Christmas alone after the divorce as well.
1: Absolutely, that platonic friendship kinship. Uh- <laughs> That's right. Uh, hashtag Ted Becca. Sorry, Tori. <laughs> oh man. Um, there's another one. Uh, I don't know why, but this one like got me so much when he says know thyself, rest in peace, Socrates. <laughs> like I don't know why that like made me laugh so much because he's a little <laughs> drunk. He just like points up at the sky, rest in peace, Socrates. Um, but the other one from that scene was when Roy was talking about getting ice cream with Phoebe and Ted asked him, was it good? And Roy says, of course it was. It's fucking ice cream. <laughs>
0: I'm still back on that other scene and my, my other TEDism that I have listed here is, you know, I think that if you care about someone and you've got a little love in your heart, there ain't nothing you can't get
1: through together. Like, ah, again, sorry. I'm just like, I'm stuck on that scene. Man, I got two crazy, silly ones left.
0: (laughs) All right. All right. Well, I'll get some more serious ones out. So then Rebecca goes to get Higgins. And I know you were going to talk about the the Van Dyke, right? Yes. (laughs) All right. So I'll leave that one for you. But uh, Rebecca says, I lost my way for a minute and i'm on my way back she doesn't say i'm back she says i'm on my way back mm-hmm. like i like that writing i like that writing a lot i
1: remember right higgins says back to her it suits you which i love that too like, uh-huh. he sees the good there but yeah before that of course when she's commenting on his beard and he says it's called a van dyke after the 17th century flemish painter and i think it makes me look how i feel chill <laughs> the way he says "chill." An honorable mention to when Rebecca says, "And how does Mrs. Figg- Higgins feel about it?" And he says, "Oh, she hates it with a white hot intensity." <laughs> Again, I also, great alliteration there in that in that,
0: in that scene. And then uh, uh Rebecca goes, "You know what the little shit did? He gave, forgave me." And Higgins goes, "Fucking asshole!" asshole. <laughs> oh that's so so great man everything about this episode is so good uh you know we did ask our folks on the peanut butter and biscuits facebook page i think laura is the only one we didn't catch and she said um she said that her favorite was i think men who feel sorry for themselves are so sexy sexy. which is something that keely says to roy uh it's, it's so wonderful a great episode right man
1: yeah absolutely and i mean like i I did also love the the little girls and teenage girls part like when ted says that little girls are mysterious and silly and powerful and then keely says that teenage girls are mysterious dark and dangerous which i think is pretty fantastic to how they evolve like that but A great episode here. Um, It is a bit of a setup for next week, but it's, it's um, mining a lot of character development for what's going to pay off at the Man City game coming up. Um, There's a lot of pieces that are going to get resolved that are put into place in this episode. Absolutely. And so many apologies. I wish there was like a
0: a VH1 behind the music style. Don't
1: dare say all of them, all of the apologies. All of the apologies. (laughs) I
0: I wish there was an apology counter at the like pop-up video style at the the bottom Uh, of the screen for sure. And as we get out, you see edited by Melissa McCoy right yeah
1: i know our good friend melissa mccoy what's up girl
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh so wonderful she's in the facebook group by the way too i mentioned that aj was and then uh, she jumped in there like right after we released the episode so whatever that happens sometimes yeah you know holy moly man uh i'm excited for this finale it's gonna be we're gonna do it live and uh so you can check it out either on monday night Uh, With all of us, and we'll just check us out on social media on the Facebook page there. And then uh, we'll also, of course, release that to you in audio form next week as well. Uh, Jeremy, you got any final thoughts before we get this show on the road? Nope,
1: just love all you. Go to the uh, Facebook page, donate. Let's get to 150 uh, and get that second grand prize from John and just support that guy's artwork. He's uh, fantastic. And just thank you guys. Every single time I get to interact with any of you online, um, you're the best fans there is. There's no no other way to put it. And it's just such a cool I community. Guys.
0: It's such a cool community of people that we get to be a part of and uh we're so grateful for that for sure. Yep. So, I I got to we got to get out of here. We got to go get ready for the finale cuz this is a quick turnaround from Thursday to Monday. I got to go watch the I got to go watch this episode again.
1: Yeah, I think we got to go dig out snow even more. Uh so it just won't
0: stop snowing here in, in snowing, the Midwest. Guys. Please send sunshine. Send warm thoughts.
1: Send bread, whatever you can. Milk, toilet paper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay. So is it funny to you that and we've with we, some of the audiences dropped off because they thought that we were we were done. But now yeah, I want to no. have this conversation no, with it's you. Just quickly. the bonus silly. Did here. you notice that um, it's always bread? And eggs and milk that go like before a snowstorm. Are yeah, people, people need just to make constantly? Toast, man. <laughs> are people just constantly making breakfast? Is that what's happening?
1: It seems to be the case um, because when I finally got to the store today there was like no sausage patties left either so i mean i guess it's just breakfast all the time
0: just just always breakfast forever breakfast in the midwest right and so and what i don't understand as well is that you know this all started what like late tuesday night and here we are on thursday and i think it's supposed to be done snowing god help us at some point in the next few hours so
1: how long do
0: people think that they are going
1: to be in? Yeah, there? that's always what's funny to me, too. People like buy like three dozen eggs and just like you're gonna be inside for like two days, guys. <laughs> like go and funny. watch some movies, some Ted Lasso, and just ride it out, man.
0: <laughs> funny snow story. So again, my uh my work, uh, I've mentioned before uh what kind of a job I have. So I feel like since I'm going to slightly maybe make fun of that job i shouldn't probably say what it is again right now but they sent out something saying we only close in extreme situations and then i was joking with a coworker, and i was like what have we been doing for the last two years <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just so funny anyway so it's no jokes uh there you go there's it's no joke over here in the oh, midwest oh nice that's right that's right.
1: Head fashion, I wish there was a door I could burst through and say, yes,
0: <laughs> that's right. We can't wait to see you because it is the hope that kills you. We will see you next week for the season finale. But until then for peanut butter and biscuits, I am Craig. I'm Jeremy. And as always be a goldfish.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio, Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash Front Row Network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.